many of us ever know what it is to become the perfect version of ourselves? This is Decoding Superhuman with your host, Boomer Anderson. Why, hello there, superhumans. Boomer Anderson here. What's up? Bringing you another episode of the Decoding Superhuman podcast. One of the core elements of this show is looking at the future. And not just the Jetsons type future, but looking at the future of health, the future of performance, and what that means for you today in your everyday life. And we've had on people like Dr. Zaina Kayet, we've had on Dr. Daniel Stickler, Sachin Patel, and a few others to discuss what this future of health really looks like. And as I have more and more of these discussions, I get really excited. In fact, I'm so excited. And today is another one of those discussions. And in fact, it may end up concluding for you that the future is going to be sooner than you'd think. My guest today is James Maskell. James has spent the past decade sparking debate and encouraging shift away from conventional Western medicine, meaning sick care, and towards a wellness-centered functional medicine model. And it starts with the doctors themselves. James created the Functional Forum, the world's largest integrative medicine conference with record-setting participation online, which I've been a part of, and growing physician communities around the world. His organization and best-selling book of the same name, Evolution of Medicine, prepares health professionals for this new era of predictive preventative medicine, aka functional medicine. In James's newest venture, New Health, that's new with a K, it is a new alternative to health insurance for health-conscious Americans people like me. He is an in-demand speaker and impresario, being featured on TED Med, Huffington Post Live, and TEDx, as well as lecturing internationally. So James just recently got off of quite an extensive tour of the United States talking about new health and what it means for the world, and he's actually beginning to launch the new health initiative himself. And so what do we talk about today in our discussion? We talked first about what James views as the current problems with the healthcare administration, specifically in the United States, but also all around the world. We talked about how a Trump striking down of the Affordable Care Act actually afforded James a window of opportunity to start new health. We talked about what new health is. And if you've never heard of that before, I think you're going to want to tune in. And specifically how they take advantage of really being a group within the United States to use community-like membership to create lower health insurance for individuals who are specifically focused on health. And if you want to find out more about New Health, if you want to find out more about James Maskell, you can go to decodingsuperhuman.com slash Maskell, that's M-A-S-K-E-L-L, and I'll have all the show notes there, all the links to New Health, Evolution of Medicine, etc. And I really, really hope you enjoy my episode with the one, the only, James Maskell. Sponsor for this episode is the ring on my finger. No, I'm not married yet, and frankly, before this ring, I hated wearing rings. But I must say, the guys at Aura have done a great job. The Aura ring allows me to track all sorts of crazy things about my sleep, including my resting heart rate, my deep sleep stages, my REM sleep, etc., etc. I really enjoy the feedback, and it allows me to make lifestyle decisions to become a higher performer. 
Let me give you an example. So prior to getting the aura ring, I would fast essentially 16 hours after my last meal. It didn't matter when that last meal was. However, when I look at my resting heart rate and how that really correlates to my performance the next day, I know I want my lowest resting heart rate coming as soon as possible after going to sleep because that's when all my recovery really starts. So what did I do? Well, it allowed me to adjust really when my last meal was before going to bed. So I have my last meal now earlier in the night. I get better sleep. I get higher quality sleep. And I must say, the next day feels amazing. So if you want to check out the Aura Ring, and if you want to pick one up yourself, go to AuraRing.com. That's O-U-R-A Ring.com. Plug in the code BOOMER. And you'll get $50 off your order or 50 euros, depending on your jurisdiction. I really hope you enjoy the ring, guys. I really hope you enjoy the ring. And on with the show. Mr. Maskell, James, it's so good to have you here. Thank you for coming on the show. Yeah, great to be here with you. Thanks for having me. There's so many questions I want to ask you, given that we kind of have a shared mutual background in banking briefly at least, but what led you to start the functional forum? Yeah, it was a long, a long journey. It was like already nine years into my career at that point. So banking was like, I think a blip for me. <laughs> I, you know, I, I tried to get the job out of university that paid the most. And uh, I was lucky to get the job before I finished university. But I, I had sort of a moment of clarity halfway through there where I realized I was playing for the wrong team. And, you know, I'd grown up as the weird kid in school who did natural medicine. I had a chiropractor and an acupuncturist and, you know, a homeopath. And that was just sort of like the way that my family did healthcare. And I didn't realize that that was abnormal until I got to school and realized no one knew what a chiropractor was. I went to school in England and, um, you know, and, and uh, I sort of had a, a moment of clarity where, you know, I'd, I'd been trained in economics, a degree in economics, and I saw basically this huge cliff that mankind was about to fall off, which was the cliff associated with the healthcare costs with chronic disease. And I'd studied it in university and saw it. And I guess I just had a moment of, of sort of intuition that, you know, something to do with the way that I had been brought up was some sort of solution to maybe the world's most vexing problem and that I should go and work on that. And I also realized I wanted to be an entrepreneur and so um, I moved to America in 2005. I got to work in a clinic uh, for a couple of years where I, I saw for the first time chronic disease being reversed and a range of chronic diseases, not just sort of like the obvious ones like type 2 diabetes, but like autoimmune diseases and pediatric chronic illnesses. And that was sort of a moment where I was like, oh, okay, um, so this this is really interesting. And no one really knows that this is possible. No one really knows that this is happening. And it's happening in sort of like little clinics all around the country, but it's certainly not part of like mainstream. So then I started working with doctors for a number of years um, in a sales capacity. I started a business helping doctors who were doing integrative and functional medicine, you know, build their practices, work out how to run practices. You know, obviously um, there are things that have to be different when you run a practice where the patient has to be empowered as part of it. Right? You can't just do a 10-minute visit and give them supplements instead of pills. You know, the patient has to be educated. They have to participate. So I was very involved in that. And then, yeah, we started the Functional Forum mainly because we realized, like, one, 
functional medicine as opposed to integrated medicine or holistic medicine or naturopathic medicine had one a couple of major advantages one it was getting some sort of mainstream recognition and had enough science to bring you know ma uh, mainstream physicians across uh to to this this kind of care but also it was a reproducible system where everyone was doing it the same and then so that's why we started the functional forum and that was really phase one of a three-part plan to build a, a much more effective healthcare system that was really effective at dealing with chronic disease. And yeah, we just wanted to try and reduce the barriers to entry for doctors to find out about it and to make it free and online. And um, that's, you know, that's, that's the beginning of the, of the functional forum. And just for people who are not so familiar with the content that you provide on the functional forum and may want to tune in, do you mind just giving us sort of a high level overview other than, you know, is it just for functional medicine doctors or could somebody like Johnny Biohacker watch it? Yeah, I mean, we created it for doctors. So the goal was how do we spark the interest of like an internal medicine, primary care or specialty physician to want to practice functional medicine. But over time we've seen, you know, if, you, if you're building a medical system where the patient has to be empowered with information, the old the power dynamics of the doctor knowing everything and the patient knowing nothing is over. And so, you know, we've had, yeah, a lot of biohackers. Um, we've had a lot of, uh, you know, non-physician providers watch. Uh, you know, we've been very strong on health coaching as a sort of an adjunct to a practice, like the health coach should be doing the like lifestyle transformation for the, for the practitioners. So that's kind of, that's, that's where we, you know, that, so we, we've had a range of people watch it, uh, but we really designed it initially to try and help uh, to catalyze doctors to shift towards wanting to practice in a much more, in a way that was more designed around chronic disease rather than acute disease. And James, I want to acknowledge you for that because this whole movement that you're helping to drive with the functional form is incredible. And frankly, now I don't even see a traditional doctor in that sense because my functional medicine practitioner provides a lot more thorough, a lot more participatory analysis for me. Uh, so thank you for starting that. Now, in your book, you cover a lot of the problems with the current healthcare model. You also lay out a vision for the future. How do you think we're doing so far on that progression? Because... There's, you know, now there's all this press about Amazon, Berkshire Hathaway, JP Morgan getting into healthcare. There's obviously a lot going on in terms of healthcare expenditure as a percentage of GDP, particularly in the US. How do you think we're doing? Yeah, so that's a great question. So, you know, we started off, phase one of the plan was to have way more doctors practicing functional medicine. You know, your experience is not unique. In fact, it's very typical. And that once people experience the care of a functional medicine doctor, they don't go back. Why would you go back to someone who doesn't understand nutrition, who doesn't listen to you, where you have an in-personal office visit? You know, all of those things are pushing people away from a traditional primary care relationship. So, you know, so that's, that's not that. So, you know, the first step was to essentially empower physicians to start their own functional medicine practice. And we, we came up with this concept called a functional medicine micro practice. I mean, we didn't really come up with it, but we popularized it, I guess, um, because we thought we, you know, we thought that that was the first step that was needed, but it's a necessary step, but it's not sufficient to solve the problem. 
you know, so that's why, you know, we started with uh, moving towards new health, mainly because we realized that uh, a model built around physician entrepreneurship as the solution was not, was, was necessary, but not sufficient to get us where we want to go. Getting us where we want to go is, is to be able to showcase a much more effective way of dealing with chronic disease, not just for America, where we have an, you know, an insane uh, problem in terms of expenditures and otherwise, but you know, I've traveled to every continent and I will tell you that nowhere else in the world are they doing this better, right? There are places that are healthier, right? Where like the blue zones or, you know, people look at like Germany and France's medical system. They're like, wow, it's so much better. The medical system is maybe not so much better. It's just that people that have a healthier lifestyle. So there's not as much chronic illness, right? It's not like in the blue zones, there's epic functional medicine centers, <laughs> right? There's, you know, there's just, there just happens to be a culture that has continued where being healthy is the, you know, is the default. And, you know, as societies move to structures where being healthy is the, it, being unhealthy is the default, like um, the Americanization, you know, um, uh, of, of culture, we need a medical system that can combat that. And we learn a lot from those societies in, in, in what we've been doing. So, you know, I think that we're doing okay. I feel like, you know, it's exciting to see you know, functional medicine practices popping up in every town. I just finished a 26 city live tour, four months uh, in a bus with my family going around the country. So the army is assembling, right? There's tons of health coaches, there's functional medicine doctors in every town. You know, now the next step is like uh, orchestrating all of those people into a structure that can really deliver this type of care at a at a much more you know scaled up and affordable way and then giving everyone access to it so those are the those are the issues that stand in front of us now okay so there's a couple of points i want to make there just because you mentioned europe and how yes the system may appear to look better but it's because people live healthier lives i categorically agree with you there i live here in amsterdam and there's a reason why i have a functional medicine doctor who sits in north carolina and not here in amsterdam that's for sure. But um, one of the things I want to come to then is because when we think of functional medicine, at least as sort of I know it, the reaction I get from people when I talk about this is, oh, it's expensive. And because it is very data driven, you have a lot of lab testing. And, you know, to the physician's credit who is practicing functional medicine, they deserve to be compensated for their time. What do you say to people that say that this is a very expensive model of healthcare and I can't afford it? Yeah, that's a great question. So, you know, the reason why functional medicine appears expensive, I think it's actually an illusion, right? What, what's actually expensive? $10,000 per person in America per year is expensive. Humira at $5,000 per month for a biological is expensive. You know, you know, healthcare is expensive. The reason why functional medicine appears expensive is because it's not included in your medical plan, mm -hmm. right? If you, you know, with, with everything else in medicine, we have no idea what's expensive. You know, the whole, in America, the whole system is created to be opaque and no one knows what the price of anything is, right? So, you know, so because, because of the way that the system's being created really to benefit the major players, pharma, insurance, and hospitals, 
So, you know, our, our understanding of expense is, is based on the fact that we have to pay typically out of pocket for it. Um, so that's the first thing. I mean, you can understand like a lifetime dependency on medication is really expensive. If you could use your functional medicine doctor to get you off medication, you know, functional medicine might be, you know, the best, um, you know, the best investment you make. However, having said that, you know, there are, you know, functional medicine was also created in response to complex chronic illness that wasn't being dealt with very well by the system. And so the goal was, how do we get people well? Who cares about the cost? And ultimately, what I'm interested in is the, the upgraded delivery of functional medicine that, that does two things. How do we get people well and keep people well at the minimum possible cost? Right? That's what I'm interested in. And ultimately, giving everyone functional medicine in a way that it has been delivered up until now, where everyone gets the expensive labs, where everyone has time with the doctor, you know, uh, long, long periods of time with the doctor, ultimately, there has to be some serious efficiency driven into the system so that everyone can get the benefits of functional medicine without doing it in the way that it's currently being done. And so that's why we've been really interested in things like technology, health coaches, you know, education, group structures, to be able to bring these ideas of root cause resolution, of systems thinking, of patient um, practitioner engagement, which is sort of like the hallmarks of functional medicine. Those don't always need to have expensive lab tests and extended periods of time with the doctor. And those are areas in which we've seen much more efficient models being created where we could actually deliver functional medicine style principles to uh, much, much wider swathes of the population than get it now. All right. So efficiency is something that I love to talk about here, but one of the, one of the interviews you've done with a person that I follow quite a bit, Daniel Schmachtenberger, um, along this whole concept of systems thinking was absolutely brilliant. And I'll link to it in the show notes, of course, but you guys discussed the affordability of lab testing. Um, and you just mentioned it here that bringing down that cost requires efficiency. How do you see that looking? Yeah. So the first thing is what lab tests are the best to do? Should we do all lab tests at the beginning for everyone? Clearly not, right? Let's start with, you know, the basic fundamental lab testing like CRP, hemoglobin A1C, you know, the, you know, vitamin B, vitamin D, those kind of things. Now, in the American system right now, if you just have a regular insurance plan with a high deductible, which 80% of Americans have in one way or another, and you show up to your doctor and he says, hey, you need this homocysteine test or whatever it is, you know, the differential between what you would get billed, you know, if you just hand over your insurance card like a compliant patient and what it would cost to do that lab test if you went to the lab directly can be... A 50x yeah, differential. It's, it's crazy. Right? It's crazy. Yeah, it's 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 more than crazy. It's a it's a complete scam. <laughs> and you know, like here's the thing. So I you know, I went around the country and I talked about it, and this was my like line that always got everyone going, is that like it is a scam. Like if the it's the same lab doing the test, right? And the lab is willing to ex accept $17.50 for a homocysteine test, and yet the hospital's charging $737, which you have to pay because you haven't met your deductible, like where's that other $720 going? The lab's not getting it, right? The lab is happy with $17.50. It goes into the machine and the doctor's not getting it either. 
And so the first thing that we can do is, is use you know, the basic lab testing to get people to a point where they are to really understand their own uniqueness without having to go to the $2,000 stool test or the you know, $3,000 gut permeability test, right? Let's just start with the basics and let's only ever pay the lowest price. And you know, that's, that's one of the hallmarks with New Health is that we just, re- like my chief medical officer, Dr. Jeffrey Glad, had built a successful functional medicine practice in Fort Wayne, Indiana which by his own uh, admittance and, and the admittance of Men's Health magazine is like the stupidest place in the country or the, <laughs> you know, the, whatever. And, and, you know, and so he built a successful practice there. And how did he do it so well? He created trust with his patients by saying, hey, if you pay me uh, my fee to come and see me, I'm going to help you navigate this healthcare system. And one of the things I'm going to help you do is never pay full price for lab testing. So, you know, he was the guy who introduced me to the fact there was this ridiculous differential. So, you know, the first thing we want to do is to reduce, is to only use the labs in order, like only go to the specialty labs when you've worked out with the basic labs and you're still not well. Um, And, you know, and then ultimately only ever pay the lowest amount. And so, you know, our initial lab panel that we put people through at New Health you know, would be $3,500 if you paid the retail, but it's actually only 150. For us, that's that's five percent. That's ninety-five percent reduction. So you just have to be savvy about how you interact with the system. Okay, so there's so many things I could poke around with here, but I, I want to talk about the model of new health from a, and I would love to give people a perspective that may not have necessarily seen you on tour, may have not necessarily have attended a functional forum. Do you mind just taking us through what is new health? Yeah, so just to go back to our like three-part strategy to transform healthcare, right? So the first part was we need way more functional medicine doctors. So that was the functional forum. My book, The Evolution of Medicine, you know, is, is laying that out. The second phase is how do we now deliver functional medicine to a much greater population that has access to it right now? So the first iteration of New Health was basically a telemedicine, functional medicine service that was primarily staffed by health coaches and then secondarily had doctors included. So, you know, in that we had the cheap lab test that I just alluded to, right? So everyone gets the cheap lab tests. And then we essentially separated the role of functional medicine doctor into its two core components. One is helping people execute on lifestyle, right? And that's actually 80% of it. Most people, if you get them executing the lifestyle, get better and they don't need the expensive tests. So we came up with this idea of a physician supervised health coach. You know, the health coach is, is, is operating at a much lower rate than a doctor, but they're supervised by a physician so that they don't miss, you know, an acute issue that they're not trained to deal with, right? So the physician supervised health coach, and last year we, we tried that, and our, our thesis was, you know, could we get most people who were not like severely chronically ill, but like a little bit chronically ill, which is most Americans, right? Could we get them better with just the functional medicine trained health coach via telemedicine supported with the labs? And the answer was a definite yes. So, you know, so that was last year. That was phase two. And then phase three. Maybe we could have dealt with, we could have, you know, had a couple more years in phase two because phase one took us like four years. 
But then something happened in America that, you know, that led me to essentially put my foot on the gas and go for stage three right away. And that was basically the Donald Trump tax bill of January 2nd, 2018. So in that bill, he ended the individual mandate. And what that means is that people were no longer forced to buy health insurance under, the penalty, under a tax penalty. And what that meant to me, because I'm just a guy who's been sort of aware of what's going on and sort of looking in the industry was that we could build our own alternative to health insurance where people were able to you know, sign up for it, where it could be way cheaper than health insurance and it could include this service, right? This scaled up functional medicine um, delivery with these functional medicine trained health coaches. And the reason why I knew that is because America has this extremely American thing that could only ever happen in America um, which has never, which, you know, once you live in Amsterdam, you understand how unlikely this concept would be in any other country. Yeah. yeah. But there's, there's this thing in America called a Christian health cost sharing ministry. It's such an interesting idea, but it's essentially a group of Christian. If, if yeah. you don't mind, is this like one of those, for lack of a better word, entities that structures itself as a religion and as a result gets to avoid all kinds of taxes or is this actually a good thing if you don't mind walking through it no no yeah so i'll give you the history so in the 80s you know um i think a, a pastor uh, i i don't the exact history you can go into but essentially in the 80s you know as 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 insurance started to get more expensive and we sort of moved away from the cash economy towards more like PPOs and HMOs and those kind of things, um, uh, a couple of religious groups decided that, you know, they didn't need insurance to hedge the risk of someone in the community because what is insurance, right? You're hedging your risk against an accident or against something. We know very clearly what, you know, what, um, you know, what car insurance or home insurance is. You're hedging the risk of some sort of, you know, crazy expense coming up. So one of these groups realized like, hey, if you have more than 10,000 people in a group, you don't really need insurance because the group itself can cover the costs. If I'm in a church and there's 10,000 people in my church, you know, we could pay zero health costs, you know, and then if one person in the church got in a car accident and there's 10,000 people in the group and the car accident costs 30 grand, we could all chip in $3, Right. That's kind of that's the thesis at the beginning. So, you know, that's how we started. And that, that's how I started. Now, in 2009, where the religious aspect, aspects come in, in 2009, there were about 160,000 people who were using these Christian ministries. There were about three or four of them that have become quite popular. Medishare, Christian ministries, whatever. And then in 2009, they got an exemption to the Obamacare mandate. So the Obamacare mandate that said everyone had to get health insurance, these groups were given an exemption. So then as the ACA kicks in and health insurance goes through the roof, like you see the, the price is going up, a lot of other people are like, hey, what's this Christian ministry thing? And I was one of them. In 2013, like I had my first child and I was looking around and I just, I just started my business. Like Evolution of Medicine was just a year old and I had left my other job and I was like, Hey, I need to have my mother-in-law was like, Hey, you need to have some sort of what, you know, insurance, but I, you know, the health insurance for me at that time was going to be like $1,600 a month in New York, you know, wife of childbearing age, child on the way. Right. I was now like, this was $1,500. 
So, you know, I saw that the Christian ministry was $449 a month. And one of them, you know, most of them, you have to be like in the town, in the church with a letter from your pastor, and you have to be of the same denomination as the rest of the group. But there was one called Liberty Healthshare that was a lot more lax, right? You could be in any state, you could be in any denomination. And actually in 2015, I did a summit um, uh, where we actually didn't have any sponsors apart from a new product that we created with one of these Christian ministries called Liberty Direct. You know, so I, I realized that this was a really good idea, right? Where you, you know, if you're into a healthy lifestyle, reduce the amount of money that you spend on your like safety net, right? Your, I might get hit by a car. I might break my leg. I might have a car accident. You know, you have to have some sort of support for that in the American economy. Otherwise you're just one accident away from going bankrupt. Right. But at the same time, if you live a healthy lifestyle, you know, my chances of getting type two diabetes or, um, you know, the listeners to this podcast, the chances of them getting type two diabetes or an autoimmune disease is so much lower that like I didn't really think that that was a good plan. So I got this Christian ministry and I'm saving now $1,100 a month, $13,000 a year that now I can spend on as much chiropractic or organic food or, you know, meditation as I, as I require. So that was my, my plan. And, and that, that's what we, where we'd be. And then, so fast forward back to January, 2018, now the law changes. And basically that, that exemption that those Christian ministries had is now irrelevant because the whole tax that they have the exemption from is going away under Trump. And I was just like, this is our moment, right? This is the moment where we could start our own health cost sharing ministry, make it not Christian, right? Make it just for people who are passionate about healthcare and passionate about being healthy. And, you know, buy, let's bring together the biohackers, the paleo people, the vegan people, the health coaches, the functional medicine community. Let's, let's use this as a vehicle to, you know, to be able to, to be able to get way more people into our chronic disease prevention and reversal system, which is the health coaches and the cheap labs. And then this nationwide network of functional medicine doctors, because, you know, Long story short, doctors have to be licensed in their state and have to practice within the state. The health coaches can go across state lines. So that, that's basically what New Health is. It's the first non-denominational medical cost-sharing program. We've taken a few hundred you know, members already, and we see for a family, the average discount is about 70% over insurance. For a, you know, for a single person, it's an average about 40%. And so, you know, we're really focusing on get out of insurance, come and join us, be, get out of that safety net and save money, still have a safety net for the unexpected, but then save your, the money that you're, you're spending to be able to use on the things that you use to optimize yourself, to become superhuman. So, you know, those, that's, that's the thesis and that's what New Health is. So, you know, we, we just launched, we got a significant investor earlier this year who really um, has done a lot in our space and, you know, can really take this to the next level. And uh, our goal is to be able to use, use cost sharing as like a Trojan horse to be able to actually showcase the power of um, functional medicine, health coach driven functional medicine to be a, you know, to, to, to showcase it to be, you know, successful in the future at controlling costs. 
because there's, there's, there's two things that I believe, having been in this space for 14 years, uh, Bruma, I think there's, there's a combination of two things that have to happen to reduce the cost of chronic disease and to stop us from going off this fiscal cliff, to go back to my economics training. One, we need to have an operating system of medicine that gets people well, keeps people well, get people off drugs, and you know, has them live in a sort of a blue zone style way where they're healthy right up until they die and they're not on lifetime of expensive medication. That's the first thing. The second thing is we have to have a community responsibility for the funds that we use, right? The thing about insurance, in America, we spend $3.2 trillion on healthcare. It's going up all the time. 25% of that is fraud and waste, right? And that fraud and waste is created by the fact that, I mean, essentially insurance scams, one way or another, right? Charging way too much, unnecessary procedures born of like crazy, um, you know, uh, legal stuff and all kinds of factors play into it. But one of the things that I noticed in the Christian ministries in being part of it was that my mindset went from, hey, I'm paying Aetna so much money, I should just try and get as much as I can out of this plan. Two, I'm a custodian of the community resources. And if I don't have a legitimate medical need, I should just be paying in because my brother might get hit by a car. Mm -hmm. And there's something about that community structure that is absolutely critical. And so these two things together, I think are the future of chronic disease management and reversal. I, I don't like saying management because chronic disease management implies medication. I'm talking about chronic disease care. You know, it has to be a combination of the, of the right operating system and then also the right structure. And I believe that um, what we're doing at New Health will be, the reason I called it New Health is I want when people to say it, to be like, oh yeah, this is just the new way that it's gonna get done, right? lifestyle-driven medicine in a community cost-sharing environment. I believe that's the future. But ultimately, it's got a K at the beginning because we always knew. Like, grandma knew how to be healthy. Like, we lost that in a couple of generations. The ancient peoples that lived on the lands knew how to stay healthy. You know, we've lost that access. You know, and so, you know, there, there's an internal knowing. There's also an intuitive sense, right? Most people who have come to functional medicine at some point their intuition kicked in and was just like, look, if four drugs isn't solving this, I don't think the fifth drug is going to do it either. And there's an intuitive sense to reject the care that has been offered to people. And so that's why it's called New Health. Excellent. Uh, James, this is brilliant and I love it. A uh, couple of questions here, if you don't mind, on just sort of the model, because my finance brain seems to be running right now. And you mentioned this concept of community-based care. And... When I hear lifestyle medicine, when I hear lifestyle modifications, I get really excited because I do think that that works. And frankly, I've seen it in my own life. I've seen it in clients' life, etc. How do you maintain a community-based care when you're offering this nationwide in theory, right? Because if you're offering it nationwide, is somebody in Florida going to have that relationship to somebody in Eugene, Oregon? No, that's a great question. So, you know, obviously, um, you know, we are starting where we're starting, you know, having gone around the country, I can see that there's real interest in this all over, you know, in the, in the red states, it's kind of like, 
burn it down. Let's start <laughs> from scratch. You know, they're like, they love it. And, you know, like Austin, Texas, where we did the story there, you know, you've got like the paleo community, you've got the healthy community, um, but you also have like a libertarian thing where people don't mind like the system and doing their own thing, you know, but like on the West Coast, in California, in, in you know, in the East Coast of New York, there's a lot of people who are all about like affordability and accessibility. And so they like that aspect of it. Ultimately, you know, what we're going to do is every member that signs up is going to have an opportunity to build a community locally. You know, in, in, in Okinawa, I mentioned, uh, which is one of the blue zones, they have a thing called a Moai, which is a group of five people that are, you know, basically put together at birth to provide social and, um, you know, even financial support. And this is one of the reasons why they live for so long. So, you know, we're going to get every single one of our members to engage their community, not really in like a multi-level marketing way, but certainly in like a network effect way where like, if you're fired up for this, tell five friends who are, you know, who are, who are self-employed. You know, if you're, a, if you're a functional medicine doctor and you work in private practice, you know, you're buying your own insurance. You're getting the most, you're getting the least value from the, you know, the insurance exchanges right now. So why not, you know, find five other people in your community who might want this and then, you know, start cooking together, community batch cooking, um, you know, walking groups. I can see, you know, we've seen, you know, churches getting, you know, spreading this idea to their members, um, even like synagogues, because guess what? The Jewish people never had a cost sharing community before. So, you know, so like there, there's definitely some energy going out and, you know, we want to start little hubs in every city. That's kind of why I drove across the country in this bus for four months. I could have just been doing webinars and chilling with my family. But, um, you know, we wanted to seed these communities and introduce, ultimately it's this, the healthiest thing that we could do, whether it's a doctor could do or you could do boomer or anything, that the biggest health thing that you could do, you want to introduce people who want to be healthy to each other, right? That has to be, a, you know, isolation is actually the biggest driver of health issues. And, you know, we have the most isolated country on the planet, right? Look at the level of isolation here where I live compared to you in Amsterdam there. In Amsterdam, you can't help but bump into people, right? Because you're all living in the same place. So, you know, so community is a, is a big piece that we want to bring together. You know, we thought about just launching in one city and then kind of growing from there and, and, and creating, you know, that. But, just, you know, I don't know how long this opportunity is going to last for with, with, you know, Trump. If he gets reelected, we're good. If he doesn't get reelected and they go towards a single payer system, I want to be able to, by then, have showcased the power of our healthcare to be able to control costs so that when President Oprah or President uh, <laughs> Kanye, Howard Schultz, yeah, I think Kanye would run under the Republican <laughs> ticket at this point. But, you know, maybe Howard Schultz, I saw him speak the other day, the, the, uh, the Starbucks guy, I thought he was great. But yeah, look, let's, let's be able to, you know, let's have some data at this point so that when they're making that, you know, where they're, when they're making that new legislation, they'll be able to say, hey, putting a health coach in everyone's pocket is actually a good way of controlling costs. Um, and we want to be able to show that. So we're just going for the jugular, trying to get as many people as possible. I'm going to every podcast like this to speak to the communities of people who care about healthcare transformation. And, you know, I feel like the good news about this plan, as opposed to every other plan that I've always heard about changing healthcare, all the laws that need to change have already changed. We can do this today. We don't have to ask anyone's permission to 
you know, to, um, you know, to do this plan. We can literally do this plan. We are doing this plan right now. So I would say that anyone who's listening, if you're self-employed or you're part of a company that you work with where you have less than 50 employees or you're currently unemployed um, or, you know, you, you're in the gig economy where you're a 501c3 employee, any of those three, I mean, uh, sorry, a 1099, any of those people, we'd love to hear from you at New Health. We think that the rates that you'll see will be super competitive with health insurance and, you know, we'll provide you with the tools mind body and spirit to maintain health and certainly if you're a biohacker right if you're a biohacker you are way you know you're you're you've basically unknowingly bought a prepaid drug plan <laughs> and the chances of you tr you getting using those drugs is so much smaller than the average population that you're wasting a lot of money and you know we'd love to meet you uh, this is this is brilliant james i just to summarize here it's nationwide so you can do it anywhere in the u.s um i'm gonna have another question on that here in a second and what i love about it is you know lifestyle modifications are core to everything in that functional medicine approach which is absolutely brilliant and i think it actually gives space what you're doing with the functional forum and then hence this gives space for doctors who are considering leaving because the system was so screwed up to now have a, a for lack of a better word, forum or space to operate and really practice their gift, which I, I love that in particular. So thank you for all of this. This is awesome. No, awesome. Thank you. And yeah, some of the some of the side effects will be will be employing a lot of health coaches, right? Um, which is exciting because mainly health coaches have had to be entrepreneurs too. Um, we're going to be providing a lot of new patient leads to functional medicine doctors. So hopefully if there are functional medicine doctors who, you know, who haven't made the switch are still just like mentally practicing it, but not actually doing it day to day because they haven't, you know, had the, either the time or the effort or the courage to be able to make the shift back into entrepreneurship, especially if they've had a bad experience once you know, that, that those doctors will come over. I meet doctors all the time at conferences who feel the moral obligation to practice this type of medicine, but just haven't been able to get their life into a way that they can. And hopefully this will be a way to do that. And, uh, and yeah, so uh, there's a lot of side effects that will come from it. And we hope that new health being very successful will help to populate, you know, evolution of medicine to be successful because now doctors will feel, okay, We've passed the really like super early adopter phase and now we're getting into the mainstream and now it's time to shift my practice and, and move towards a much more rewarding way of practicing medicine. Two, two more questions before we get into the final four. With this model, is there any, and you've talked about this before, is there any plan to have energetic medicine be involved? Because uh, like the work of Joe Dispenza, et cetera, or is that something further down the line? Look, I think the things that are scalable are definitely, you know, available straight away. So, you know, for instance, we could have Joe Dispenza come and teach a masterclass to all of our members. You know, one of the things that happens in the Christian ministries is that they encourage everyone to pray for the people who are sick. Right. I could definitely see some sort of like non-religious community intention setting for the person that just got you know, diagnosed with cancer or whatever, like certainly there's, there's that, you know, it's, it's energy medicine has such a wide swathe. So I think that, you know, saving money to invest in acupuncture or chiropractic or whatever is certainly a way that people can experience energy medicine. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think that, you know, I'm passionate about energy medicine. Uh, I worked in that field for a few years 
Um, I just feel like the energy medicine revolution is probably another 10 years down the road, whereas functional medicine is happening right now. And I think that, um, you know, we'll be on the, on the cutting edge of it. What I'm really excited about are things like psychedelics. And, you know, you see the numbers that are happening with psychedelics, PTSD, mental health or otherwise. You know, I think we could be on the cutting edge of bringing those kind of things into the healthcare system as like the most innovative payer. We could talk all day about psychedelics and their benefits. That's, that's crazy uh, that they're not involved in things like PTSD already. It's crazy. It's crazy unless you happen to have a health cost sharing community. And, you know, if you can get someone off lifetime medication by one psychedelic thing or a series of psychedelic series with MDMA or psilocybin or whatever, we are now fully incentivized to, you know, to innovate in those areas. And so the re one of the reasons why those things haven't been uptaken, you know, there's many reasons, but one of the reasons is that everyone in medicine is incentivized to, for things to cost more, for diseases not to go away. And so ultimately we are the first sort of engine, I feel, that has the incentives that line up in the right direction. And, and if anybody's interested out there in reading about what James and I are talking about here in terms of psychedelics, the MAPS Foundation, which I'll link to in the show notes, is a great one. Uh, they're doing a lot of really good work on psilocybin and MDMA. Yeah, 74%, just the other day, 74% complete remission of PTSD symptoms with MDMA. Psilocybin re results are ridiculous. Like these are people who are like chronically ill and are, you know, on medication and their cost of care is super high. And then they go through this process and then they're just fine. They're just like, you know, great and operating in society and kind and healthy and community focused. I mean, that, that is the future of medicine right there. It's brilliant. And I think we owe it because some, when I think PTSD, you think of veterans and things. Uh, and I think you owe it to the veteran to let them have this experience in order to get their life back. But uh, James, one question, one last question before we go in the final four. Because I live in Amsterdam now, I go frequently back to the U.S., obviously. But is there a plan to take this abroad? Oh, hell yeah, there is. Definitely. So I think, you know, what we're really developing is a um, is, is obviously the, the combination of the, co the cost sharing community and and the functional medicine at scale. I think some countries will be a fit for one and not the other or, you know, so or, or definitely one. So like in the U.K., Already I'm planning this because I grew up there and there's some real energy in the UK because my good friend, Dr. Chatterjee has a TV show where he has showcased the power of functional medicine to reverse chronic disease. He's a multi, you know, he sold 110,000 copies of his book. English market is like, is ridiculous. No, it's, um, it's called how to make disease disappear. Uh, in the England, it was called, uh, in England, it was called um, the four pillar plant. But it's because he was on TV reversing chronic illness, right? So, so they're ready for it in a certain way there. So in England, I think we would probably operate a lot more like Babylon Health for people who are watching in England, where a private company gets a contract with the NHS to service a specific disease category. So let's say, well, you know, we could go to the UK government and say, you've got 10,000 cases of Crohn's. It's costing $100 million a year. We think we can do it for 80 million and then, you know, get a contract to deliver functional, you know, do that sort of a value-based care structure. But where I'm really interested in this, and that's where, and, and pretty much every country could have that kind of service, a health coach driven functional medicine service with 
a few doctors, a ton of health coaches serving a lot of people. But where I'm really interested in it is, is places in the world that don't currently have health insurance. So, you know, I always use the example of Egypt. Egypt has an 85% uninsured rate. 15% of the population have health insurance, 85% don't. I can imagine, and there is not only like interest, but also investors and whatever that are interested in, in putting the majority of those people who don't have health insurance into a giant cost-sharing community, right? Built on the blockchain where there's complete transparency and you say, okay, hey, we're only going to cover accidents and emergencies. No chronic disease care, no inpatient care, no cancer, whatever, just accident and emergencies. So let's say you get into, a, into an accident right now and you live in Egypt and you don't have health insurance. At this moment, you better go around to your health and you know, friends and family and connect enough money uh, within, a, within a day or two to pay, otherwise you're kicked out, right? I can imagine, imagine, let's say it costs $5,000 for your you know, car accident help you know, in the hospital, but you're in a pool of 50 million people, right? That ends up costing like cent, you know, a couple cents for everyone. And you could have it be completely, um, you know, completely dynamic, completely open source on the blockchain where it's completely uh, transparent. So everyone sees exactly what's going on. And that's the vision that we have for, you know, providing health care to, you know, to the billions of people that don't have health insurance because they live in countries where they don't have any sort of sophisticated medical system outside of just accident and emergency care. This is, this is excellent. I'm looking forward to that world once it comes. Uh, James, final four questions, and these are just really rap, rapid fire questions. What, how do you define health? The ability to be able to, the ability to actualize your mission on this planet. What's your top trick personally for enhancing focus? Focus? Uh, um, I don't know. I'm not particularly focused. <laughs> well, <laughs> I've learned I mean... that about myself. You know, I've been, uh, well, look, I tell you what's on my desk right now. Speaking of Daniel Schmachtenberger, I got some qualia mind right here that I've been taking. And I, that's, that's been good. He gave me some and I really like it. I have some over here sitting in the fridge. But um, next question, favorite book on high performance? I love Lynchpin by Seth Godin. And I know that's like not really a high performance book, but I feel like everyone should read it. It really just talks about, you know, what it means to be a linchpin and whether that's like at work or what, you know, it's more of like what you do at work. But that, that book had a really transformative effect on me and I give it to everyone that I hire. And it's just, uh, it's, I think it's a, it's a great book for people who, um, you know, who are interested in sort of optimization from an organizational framework. You're the second person that's mentioned this to me. The other person was... Um... Evan Tardy over at Josh Axe Enterprises. I was having dinner with him and he just, he mentioned that as a sort of driving force behind what they've built over what, what Josh Axe has really built. And it's, it's fantastic, but I'll have to reread that one. That's a good one. And then finally, finally, James, where can people find out more about you and what you're doing? Yeah, I think newhealth.com is the place to go to check out what we're doing right now. You know, if you're, if you're interested in, if you're a physician or if you, if you know a physician that um, you know is is ready to practice a new framework of medicine, then my book, The Evolution of Medicine, is is really designed to convince doctors that they should be practicing differently and give them the steps to do that. 
So for doctors, I'd say the book, and then for, for everyone else, newhealth.com. And yeah, even if, you're, even if you work for a company right now that does your health insurance, and so this is not a fit for a product, definitely come and join the community because you know in 2019, we're going to make uh, membership of New Health available to a wider range of people to really build out that community function. You know, like you said, get a lot of people introducing to each other. And so that's kind of where we're going next year. We just wanted to get started now by providing a service that people could sign up for today. And so that's kind of where we are. But um, yeah, newhealth.com, that's new with a K. James, thank you for taking the time. I realize you've been on the road like crazy, finally getting settled. But thank you for taking the time to walk us through all of this. This is absolutely wonderful. And I've loved watching your mission come to, to fruition. And I look forward to seeing the launch. Awesome, dude. Thank you very much. Uh, thanks for having me. And yeah, really appreciate, you know, obviously people who have created these communities, right? This is like, it was like a necessary foundation, you know, and, and the, the opportunity in front of us today is that if we can get all of the communities of people that want to see healthcare done differently, we can just literally enact the change, right? We just had the election. And if you're like me, you voted and then you're just like, did anything change? And you're like, not really. Like, this is a way that we could actually just do it, right? You know, you can vote, you get, it's actually kind of disempowering the voting because we vote most often with our thoughts and our, and our, and our dollars. And so, you know, what I think the opportunity is, is for us is to divest from commercial health insurance that has created this drug first structure and to, you know, to invest in the new healthcare. And ultimately, you know, that's the opportunity for all of us. And I, I hope that, um, your community will uh, find this as exciting as uh, as I do. We'll link to all of this information in the show notes, but this has been absolutely wonderful. James, thank you again. To all the superhumans listening out there, have an absolutely epic day. Superhumans, before you go, can I ask two favors? Did you enjoy that episode? If so, can you send me an email at podcast at decodingsuperhuman.com Provide any feedback, positive or negative. I would love to hear from you. And for those of you who have really taken advantage of that, you know I respond to each email. Secondly, if you did enjoy the episode, can you head on over to iTunes, SoundCloud, Spotify, Stitcher, any one of your favorite podcast listening platforms, and give Decoding Superhuman a five-star rating. It would really be appreciated. And then finally, for those of you who are looking at taking an informed approach to health, head on over to decodingsuperhuman.com. Check out what we have going on over there. And if you want to schedule a free 15-minute discovery call with me, you're going to have that option. Superhumans, have an absolutely epic day. And remember, as always, choose health.